0: Where else can you be with people who are very different from you and it not be awkward and be next to them for two hours where people are sitting on blankets or sitting on chairs and have the opportunity to engage? There's not many places in our community to gather like that unless you're at like a bar or church, but at church, we're around people who are like us. The baseball field we're, or other sport fields, we're around other people.
1: Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges, so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Welcome back, everybody, to podcast number three in the Christian Character and Sports interview with Kevin Bailey, who is a pastor and a sports coach. I think that you probably have been finding this interesting like I have, and we this morning are going to pick up with the Christian and competition and the balance that we need to find with scripture that says we are to be humble and we are to be gentle. And sometimes that's sort of hard in sports competition. So we're going to unpack that just a little bit more, and I think you'll find that interesting. And then we're going to talk about the spectators, the parents, and how a coach might deal with that. And then also we talk about the mission field of both the spectators as well as the coach in sports. And it's really excellent. I'm looking forward to this podcast, and in that we will conclude the Christian in sports. So let's hop in and talk a little bit more to Kevin Bailey about the competition and our biblical call to humility. Here we go.
0: But I think the other side's important too, and it's interesting because this is again some of the beauty of sports, because this plays over into so many areas. Laurie, I can't tell you how many people I think have lost credibility and witness to people who don't mm-hmm. know Jesus because of how arrogant and cocky they become about their political beliefs. It doesn't mean we can't be confident. There's a difference. We can be confident and humble. I'm confident that Jesus rose from the grave. I'm very confident, but I'm also humble in recognizing that not everybody believes that yet. And so I'm not going to treat everybody like an idiot because they don't believe that to be true. And yet we've got to learn how do we have confidence and how do we kind of stay competitive, stay in the game? Because what you don't want is people who have a defeatist attitude. We don't want this in life. We don't want this in sports. Oh, well, it doesn't matter what happens. We're just going to lose. In our faith, we don't want to either. I'm not going to be a witness in my city because nobody's going to come to know Jesus anymore. And it's like, no, we can't have that. We're called to engage even if we're against a team that is way better than us. We are going to do our best that we can do. We're going to stay humble in the process and we want to give God glory in every situation. And so I just think that specific question around The confidence, cockiness, humility is huge, not just in sports. And again, one of the things I love about it is that this translates to so many other areas of life. And then the other piece with that is reminding those people who do tend to be cocky. There are only one person on this team. There's another 13 people who are part of making this team be victorious. And there are moments when your number's called and you've got to step up to the plate at that right moment. But guess what? There have been seven other innings that have taken place where you weren't a part of the victory that was there. And so we needed the rest of the team to be able to accomplish what is being accomplished. So that has been something that's been helpful from a team aspect and also plays out in other areas of life of recognizing, hey, yes, you are gifted in this area. But how many people have poured into you to help you get to this spot? How important was your coworker in you know lining up that phone call so that you could make that sale, or fill in the blank? Learning to see how we can appreciate the roles that others have played. That way, it's not just me thinking that I'm the best thing in the world, but knowing that I'm a part of a team that is important to the victory that we're going to have.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really good and i think that leads into also helping them to understand that other people are good at other things and right. to recognize that this is our strength but there are other places that people are far better than we might be absolutely all come together with our gifts for the common good
0: yeah that's right exactly you know romans 12 1 Corinthians 12 this is huge and we don't have to go far to meet these parallels in the church right where Oftentimes, it's 10% of the people doing 90% of the work. But when that becomes flipped, when it's 90% of the people doing 10% or something along those lines, it changes the whole landscape. Mm-hmm. We have less celebrity and we have more priesthood of all believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we see the strengths in other people, we can celebrate those, we can utilize those and our effectiveness increases by a ton. And I think that's one of the things that I also appreciate about coaching as I deal with being in the position I'm in to help lead our church. We get to recognize gifting in other people, help equip them, help give them some skills and training. And then we get to release them and say,
1: go do your thing.
0: Let us play as a team. And I think the church, the people of God is the body or the family. And we are called to utilize our gifts in different ways. And when we do, we are way more effective. And so I'm grateful for even both the training that I've received in ministry and also the training that I've received in coaching to help strengthen both of those things. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so good. You have a big responsibility in your coaching and you speak to the kids and you coach them. But there's this other group that is on the sidelines, their parents, who Mm -hmm. sometimes respond differently than you're teaching their kids. For instance, a parent might get angry and yell from the stands about an umpire call or a referee call. Parents may actually have a little bit of anger come up when their team loses, you know, maybe whether they're believers or not, who knows. right. And when they have emotions of anger come up, then do you have a way of dealing with that or how do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, maybe I'll attack it from a couple different angles. One, if you are in the stands and you are a parent there, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, view it as your mission field, please legitimately for the love of Jesus, you get to approach this game differently than other people. Your kids' value, your value, is not dependent upon whether or not they win or lose. Is it good to be competitive? Absolutely. Should we help our kids try their best? Absolutely. Is it important for kids to win and to lose? Yes, those things are important parts of life. That's great. But know that God has uniquely placed you in such a time, in such a place as this. Be intentional. This is your opportunity to be a non-anxious presence in a very anxious space to help point people to Jesus by the way you respond, by the way you both encourage and the way that you've disciplined or challenge or encourage your kids. People will often flip the script and they're like, oh, I just, I don't wanna be a negative Nancy out there or whatever, which don't do that, but don't lie. Be honest. Like, hey, good try is something good to put out there. You can say good try about a lot of things, but you did great, is not. That might be a lie. So you've got to balance and have appropriate measures with how you engage. And do your best to read kids' body language, understand whether or not they are like super discouraged with themselves, and you can play a role in helping encourage and pick them up. But specifically with the peer-to-peer interaction that you have the ability to have that coaches don't often get to have, is you get to be there in the middle when. The parrot super ticked at a call that an made. And you can either escalate that or de-escalate it. And one of the ways to de-escalate that is if it really was an egregious call, it was terrible. Isn't it a bummer? You know, but hey, thank goodness that most of the time a baseball game doesn't rise or fall on, on one call. Again, same deal. We don't pretend like something's not true. So if a bad call is made, we can acknowledge that a bad call is made. because That call was made. We want to be an honest people. A lot of times people think of Christians kind of like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons where they're just okie-dokie type of people. That is not helpful for most people because there are annoying things, hard things, difficult things that come up. So we want to recognize the truth, but we want to have an appropriate response. And so, yeah, the encouragement there is generally, yeah, acknowledge the bummer, but make sure that it's held in its right place. You know, hey, yeah, that was a good try. Or hey, yeah, we lost, but there are things that we learned. Uh, we can, we can hold those things there. Now, what about in the case where somebody's being inappropriate? Uh, maybe in their aggression or in their vocality. Again, this is opportunity to move toward as followers of Jesus. Same idea. We get to be a non anxious presence. I'd encourage you to move towards those folks, not to move away from them, not in an aggressive way but in a similar way of acknowledging what it was and then trying to engage with that person in some way, shape or form that can ha- kind of help de-escalate the situation. But those are unique places. What primarily is at your disposal is opportunity to get to know people's stories on the baseball field. You know, some of these families, if you're going to continue to play baseball or soccer, you might see these families for years. So you get the opportunity to build some sort of relationship with them. You don't always get to decide what that will be. But you get the opportunity for conversation. Learn something about them. And don't make it just about the kids. Learn something about the mom or the dad. Engage with them. No, again, all of this comes down to recognizing that all of life is worship. You have the opportunity to be a light in a dark place. And it doesn't take much for Christians to stand out in a positive way in an unstable Pinto game where plenty of things can go wrong, including players tackling players on the same team, not because they're <laughs> angry, just because they're bored. Um, yeah, And with that, learn to laugh a lot. Laughing will help deescalate and take down some of the seriousness. I so badly desire Christian families who are involved in sports and athletics to know that this is a mission field. This truly is an opportunity. It is a common space. Where else can you be with people who are very different from you and it not be awkward and be next to them for two hours where people are sitting on blankets or sitting on chairs and have the opportunity to engage. There's not many places in our community to gather like that unless you're at like a bar or church but at church we're around people who are like us the baseball field where or other sport fields we're around other people i think that, that would be some of my big encouragement to parents in those spaces and then as a coach having to deal with irate parents is something that we have to deal with on occasion and we have to be direct we have to again not beat around the bush there's just certain things that are behaviorally appropriate and not And so people are being inappropriate. I've got to tell them that either they have to leave or they can't do this. I've never had to tell somebody they have to leave. I've had to tell people very clearly, knock it off. That's inappropriate. And people have responded appropriately to me. Just as we don't let inappropriate behavior go on with our kids, we can't let inappropriate behavior go on with our parents. But oftentimes you will see if the parents are one way, oftentimes the kids will respond in kind.
1: Maybe it'll be a good thing that you train the kids and then they will train their parents.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when we walk through some of the character things that we want to work on, like being a constant learner, especially no excuses, it's very interesting how parents don't have the language of no excuses, but they will adopt it really quickly. And then most of us recognize "Mm, that was an excuse. We start recognizing that we make excuses regularly and we start realizing, oh my gosh, It is a massive obstacle to growth. I'm grateful. I've coached many of these kids for maybe five years now. Uh And now in our recap of our meetings, like somebody will say something they're like, that's an excuse. I'm like, what? You guys are calling each other out. Or sometimes they'll be like, I know this is an excuse, but, (laughs) and so they'll preface it.
1: You know what I love about the no excuses so much is that that's really our stance before Christ. It's Amen. like we come as we are, sinful, and it's Christ who redeems us. But if we come with excuses, That's we miss the opportunity of receiving Christ's grace and our right. redemption even, maybe.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. When Paul prays spiritual prayer in Ephesians, when he's praying that we might know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, and the length of the love of God, that we might be filled with all of his fullness. I think the, the greatest blockage to experiencing that our excuses, or lack of seeing clearly the areas in which we need God's grace. And so I do think there are legitimate reasons why certain things happen, but we need to be cautious to not let those excuses negate our responsibility. And that's what I'm trying to help teach our kids. It's fairly common if it's a close game, people will want to try and blame umpires for losing a game. Oh, it's not an umpire's fault that we ever lose. No matter how bad the umpire is. There are other reasons why we're in this spot. Is it valid that the umpire was bad? Yes. Am I going to contact somebody about the officiating being poor? Yes. But is it the reason why we lost the game? No, not entirely. Did it play a factor? Sure. But if I just blame the umpire, I'm not going to grow from this experience. I'm going to recognize humans are fallible. And we've got to keep moving. If I let that dominate me, I'm just gonna swirl and not learn from this opportunity. Instead, we get to move forward and thank goodness we we get more opportunities.
1: Kevin, this has been absolutely fabulous. I am so grateful for you to yeah. take your busy morning and spend it with me here on this and with all of our listeners. Do you have any final words for our listeners?
0: If I could just encourage Folks out there, whether it's sports or some other community engagement piece, whether it's dancing or whether it's Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or something along those lines. I encourage you, if you're listening to this as a follower of Jesus, help your kids engage in peer to peer relationships. I believe our kids need more opportunity to engage in embodied relationships with people. Everything's moving digital so fast. Even high schoolers these days, they play video games together, but they don't even do it in person anymore. They do it online or they text. Mm -hmm. Friends, I just want you to know that Jesus didn't come down in digital format. He came down in embodied presence. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And I think we need to help train our kids to be with others. And so whatever it is, it's baseball, basketball, soccer, crocheting, knitting, 4-H, help your kids be involved in embodied relationship with others. And you will enjoy it too, but you have to understand it will come out of sacrifice. It takes effort. It really does. And it takes time and that's okay. It's worth it because if your kids learn how to be good friends to others, it will potentially have eternal impact on many, many other people's lives. Mm -hmm. For me, Sports was an avenue for that. I still have vivid memories once I was in high school. I had a small line of people waiting to talk to me on buses to ask me questions. And I got to share the gospel with a number of people in my high school growing up. And I know it's a different time, but these relationships, these embodied relationships matter And our kids need it, this world needs it, those far from God. They need somebody who will help show them that they're valuable and made in the image and they're worth being in relationship with,
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Very good way to close. Thank you so, so much. And yeah, thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Lori.
1: Well, that concludes The Christian Character in Sports with Kevin Bailey. And I have to say, I gained a lot out of it. And what I love about it is that it doesn't just pertain to sports, that this talk on character pertains to all of our lives. There is one more point I just would like to revisit. It's been on my mind since we did the recording, actually, and that is the competition because I find our family is very competitive. I think I settled in on whether competition is good or not depends on the motive. If we are competing for our own prideful reason, then that is not good. But if we are competing to the glory of God, performing excellently, sharing the Lord in the process and having fun, then that is a different story. But when we cross the line to where we are hurting somebody or that our own pride sneaks into it, then we've got trouble. Anyway, just a few final words. Uh, Next week, we are starting a new series on our third tenet of Kids Strength for Life, and that is communication. And we'll be talking with the head of True Face Ministries, Robbie Angle, and it is just a really, also a really fine interview. We'll be talking about being authentic, being honest, taking our masks off, and being who we really are with our spouse, with our kids, and with those around us. So be sure to join us for that interview next week. In the meantime, remember to rest in the Lord this week.